After years as a pediatric nurse, I thought I was so ready for motherhood. <laughs> yes, we can all take a collective laugh at my naivete now. Don't worry, I have. In today's world, we're pressured to keep it all together as at an all-time high, and true community is increasingly harder to find. Where can we turn to for support, guidance, or just a plain chat about the real stuff? This podcast aims to be just that, community, education, and a real combo on all things parenting. So come take a seat at my kitchen table. We're all family here, and we hold nothing back. My name is Jordan, and this is the Supportive Parenthood RM Podcast. When my daughter was two weeks old, Dylan and I packed up our car and moved across the country to be near my parents because I did not want to raise my daughter alone. I needed my village. This was incredibly hard because I was leaving behind an absolutely beautiful community of women that I worked with in Alabama. Shout out to all my special care girls. Y'all made the bar so high for a work family. I've never been able to replicate our magic. But anyway... My parents don't live in a place I enjoy. In fact, I absolutely hate where they live. I have lived now in six states. My dad is a pilot, and so we've moved around a lot. I mainly grew up in Virginia Beach. Absolutely idyllic childhood place to grow up, by the way. (laughs) We currently live in New York. And growing up most of my life in the South and then living in a place like New York in upstate New York. Y'all, it is cold and dreary up here. It is admittedly really hard to live in a place that you don't vibe with. And so often I think, okay, like I've had my time of support when my girl was at her youngest and I can move now. Like that's it. Like I'm done. I'm moving. (laughs) Then I will see my parents baking cookies with Lila. Or my sister will come home from college and I'll watch her and my daughter have a dance party and I think, (laughs) I'm not going anywhere. I've recently been contemplating big life decisions about, you know, where are we going to be going, blah, 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 standard adult crap. And all of a sudden, the other day, I was actually watching the movie Practical Magic. And I was watching that movie and all of a sudden... I realized that my community, which happens to mainly consist of my family and some amazing people all over the world, that's one con of moving so much and having very adventurous, beautifully courageous friends is that they live all over the world. I realized that my community, my family, is my number one priority. Do I want to live somewhere else? Absolutely. But that desire is secondary to having my community with me. I honestly came to this conclusion when I thought of the far future. I had always been thinking like two, three years ahead. And all of a sudden I pictured my daughter like eight to 10. And in my mind, I thought, okay, I can either be living in a place that I want to live Or my daughter can be playing with her future cousins or running down the street to Oma's house, Oma's grandma in German. And I thought of sitting at my kitchen table late at night with my sister and my mother. And all of a sudden I was like, oh, wow, that feels right. No matter where I'm living, like that feels right to me. I once read this quote and to paraphrase, it essentially said, in life, you don't achieve your goals by defining what you want. Your true goals are the things you are willing to sacrifice for. It's easy to want things. It's hard to sacrifice. And y'all, that 
hit me. That is actually one of the most defining quotes in my life. I want to say I stumbled upon that quote maybe three, four years ago. And that perspective change just like that hit me. I sat there and thought, wow, actually it is easy to say like, I want a beautiful closet. I want a gorgeous car. I want to live in a perfect apartment, have this kind of job, have that, this, that, and the other. But if you're not willing to sacrifice for those things, then they are not your true desires and you're not actually going to get them because once hard things happen, you're going to be like, meh, not that worth it. So you can want a bunch of things and that's totally fine. We all want a bunch of things, but your true desires and values and goals are the things you're willing to sacrifice for. And so I realized like, what am I willing to sacrifice for? And the answer to this question is radically different now that I'm a mother, by the way, but I realized that I am willing to sacrifice for community. It sounds so dramatic, but the point is, is that I can't have everything I want. I can't live in my perfect place and have my family with me. Unfortunately, adulting is making those decisions and having to make those decisions based off our values and priorities. And for me, I realized, and this was a recent realization, that community is always something I'm willing to sacrifice for. I'm a very social person. I mean, I absolutely have my introverted tendencies where I like to curl up with a book and not talk to anyone for like 24 hours, but I love talking with people. I love learning about people. I love being around people. I love partying. I love hanging out in pajamas and talking over coffee till all hours in the morning. I love just, I love the whole spectrum of human interaction. I just eat it up with two spoons, y'all. It's honestly pretty hard to function in today's day and age for me sometimes because I feel like our community, the community aspect of our lives is increasingly fractured. I worked with this amazing group of women. Most of the people that I worked with when I started there don't work there anymore because life happens and we move different places or we get different jobs or our priorities and all this kind of stuff changes. So that community has gone. And then I've moved all sorts of different places. One of my best, best friends, like honestly, soul sister lives in Australia. Technology helps make this easier to connect us. We can stay in touch more and it makes the divide a little smaller, but our culture is so radically focused on individuals and individual success and everything that we have sacrificed the community aspect. As a nurse, for example, the older women that have ever worked on a unit with me have all been at that hospital for like 20, 30 years. That's just not something that happens in millennial and down generation. We don't stay at jobs like that. We don't really stay in one place for very long. 20, 30, 40 years ago and beyond, you tended to stay in the same place as your family. You tended to grow up with the same people. So then you had a deep history with your friends that then stayed in the general same area. And so you grew up and you went through all of life's challenges with your family near you, whether that's a good or a bad thing, and your friends near you, and you had this robust community. And we just don't have that nowadays. And that's something that I'm ironically nostalgic for that I never even experienced myself. (laughs) Now we have to really focus on creating community for ourselves. And y'all, making friends as an adult is so hard. (laughs) It really is. Not only from a personality aspect, or just an individual need aspect, but community is a truly 
physical, biological need in humans. We are social creatures. And I think that humans in general in American culture now have kind of forgotten about that. I'm going to do a very quick science lesson on something that I've always found fascinating, telomeres and oxytocin. So we all have our chromosomes that house our genetic information, and that essentially holds the code that directs everything on our bodies, which is our DNA. So it's been theorized that aging comes from damage to our DNA. Whenever DNA replicates, a little bit gets chopped off the ends constantly. In order to combat that, our beautiful design have what we call telomeres. And telomeres are really long strands of non-coding DNA at the tops of all of our chromosomes to essentially protect the important parts from getting damaged or cut off whenever DNA replication happens. And these telomeres can lengthen or shorten based on our environment. And they've recently honestly been the subject of quite a bit of research as longer telomeres have been linked to slower aging. And then we have oxytocin, which is a hormone, and this might spark some recognition in your mind because it's often referred to as the love hormone. And this hormone is released uh, with prolonged physical contact like hugs, after sex, and other various social scenarios like prolonged eye contact, and it's all to increase social bonding. It also plays a pivotal role in childbirth, breastfeeding, and mother-infant bonding. So an increase in oxytocin has been linked with lower stress levels. So a few studies that I've come across that I just, that I love. One was a 2017 TED Talk, I will link this, by Susan Pinker. And she's a scientist who went to the island of Sardinia. It's an Italian island and it has one of the highest percentages of centurions, people that live to be 100 and older, in the world. And so she went there and she's like, okay, like what, what is their secret to living this long? You know, is it diet? Is it exercise? What are these people doing that makes them live so long? And after studying all the centurions on this island, there was not one consistent thing between all of them except the fact that all of the people that were over the age of a 100 all had very close personal ties and community. Their diet wasn't the same. Their exercise wasn't the same. Some of them smoked. Some of them didn't. You know, they all lived very different lives. And now obviously diet and exercise are important to health. But the biggest and most important factor that was contributing to their long and healthy life was the fact that they were always surrounded by community. She tells some really adorable stories in there. I, I highly recommend watching it. It's not very long. And it just constantly stuck with me because I'm like, wow, that also begs the question, like, is our lack of community in America contributing to our lowering life expectancy? We're a wealthy Western nation. You'd think that our life expectancy would be going up every year and yet it started to decline. Like, is part of the fact that we completely lack a healthy community system in America? Thoughts? So then in a 2018 study showed that stronger social bonds and atmosphere increased oxytocin release and lengthened telomeres in female rats. The female rats with positive social atmosphere also exhibited more novelty-seeking behavior. Essentially what that means is that the female rats that had a positive social atmosphere were more likely to go out and do new things 
because they felt safe enough and they felt healthy enough to go out and explore like a new side of the tank or whatever novelty seeking behavior rats do. And I found this really fascinating because it's been shown that children who grow up in solid supportive households have exhibited novelty seeking behavior and are willing to try new things because they have the safety and the confidence and the health to do so. And then last, there is a study from a long time ago, when I say a long time ago, about 20 years, so I can't find it to link it because I don't think it ever got uploaded to the internet. But what it did was it took a group of mothers of special need children, so very stressful environment, and looked at their telomeres, and then they split them up into two groups. One group formed a support group with other women of children with special needs. And then the other group didn't have that social support group. And after a few months of this, you know, social support, they measured the two groups again. And the women in the support group, their telomeres had lengthened from the start of the study versus the other support groups hadn't as much. And the support group moms showed more mental health resiliency than the ones that lacked the support group. So all of those to say, it really shows that community literally affects our DNA. It literally affects the core parts of our biology, our mental health, our brain, everything. It fascinates me that truly we are so focused in America on, you know, diet and exercise. And yet one of the biggest health factors is community and social support. And that is so lacking. I do want to note real quick for the sake of transparency that there are some conflicting studies on telomere length and certain stressors based on age and gender. For example, males seem to be less affected by social stress and then social support than females. Obviously, science is not set in stone, but there are enough studies showing social support and length in telomeres that it makes it an interesting point for both further research and support the general knowledge that strong social support is connected with stronger positive health outcomes. All this science stuff aside, what does this mean for mothers? Essentially, this means we need community. We all know that women in general crave and are more affected by social ties. Community is defined by us either the family we have or the family we make, our tribe, so to speak. I highly value my chosen family. I'm very fortunate that I have a beautiful family that I was born into. And trust me, I acknowledge that being able to have such a supportive family is a blessing. Then I also have people that I have come across in my life that are not blood related to me that are my family. And so community does not need to be the family you're born into. It does not need to be someone you've known for 20 million years. It doesn't need to be any of that. Your tribe is who your soul connects to. And that is your community. And that is what we need. We need more of that. But the thing is, is when we go look for our tribe, is it there? It's so hard because, you know, now granted, pandemic parenting, not easy. But whenever I moved here and became a mom, I knew I needed friends. I needed mom friends. I needed not mom friends. I just needed a girl tribe. And I tried to find things out there and there was nothing. There are no mom groups. People are really hesitant to talk to each other. And I just sit there and think, why is it that what we need most, all of us, we all need community. We all need friends. Why is it that this is so hard to find? 
it might not have been a great time to be a woman, but at least in the 1950s, all the mamas came to congregate in one kitchen while their kids played and they smoked a few cigarettes and supported and commiserated with each other. Like, would I have wanted to be a woman in the 1950s? No. But I still think that there are things from previous generations that they did better. And community is definitely one of them. I've been searching for so long, seeking that like raw, human, honest connection for a while. But then I also find myself really scared to open up to people. So is that what we do? We unconsciously judge when someone opens up to us and we're scared, too scared to open up. But that's what we really want. Does mom shaming and a culture of like competition prevent us from what we truly need, which is a tribe? What are underlying barriers? You know, especially I think in a busy culture, are we too busy for each other? We do have a little bit of an advantage. Like I spoke to earlier, social media presents a unique opportunity to be exposed to a wider range of people. So that kind of means that we can meet people similar to us that we normally wouldn't be able to meet. But we also obviously have to be careful because social media has a lot of perils associated with it, which we all know. Comparison and a lack of reality and X, Y, and Z. But I feel like when we use it appropriately, it can be a really great tool to bring people together. I sit there and I think all the time, like, how do we form community? First things first, one of my biggest goals is within the next year at some point, once I really get everything off the ground, I'm going to start a mom group for myself locally. I want to try and do some stuff online too. Absolutely. But I looked around, like I said, and there was nothing. There was absolutely nothing. And I think that this would be really beneficial. But then I also sit there and I'm terrified. Like, would people actually show up? Are we in a place culturally, mentally, emotionally ready to show up to a group like that? That That's still a goal of mine. I'm going to start one and I'm going to hope that it brings women together because goodness gracious, like we need each other. How do we form community? I think one of the biggest things is that we need to stop being afraid. I think we need to be a little more vulnerable and honest, not just like mommy wine culture or constantly complaining about our kids. Like that's just one aspect like that. That doesn't really help. I mean, it helps sometimes, but I think that we need to be more honest in the whole well-rounded aspect. Like sometimes I really want to call someone up and be like, oh my God, my kid is so amazing. She's adorable. Listen to what she just did, (laughs) you know, or I want to sit there and mainly I want to call someone up and not talk about being a mom at all. I want to remember that I'm a woman, that I'm a person outside of this identity. So I honestly think that part of starting to form communities, again, is to stop being afraid to open up and to be ourselves and to be holistic people. And then also in the literal sense of stop being afraid, because reaching out and putting ourselves out there is terrifying, but it can also create really amazing things. So story time. Last spring, I was sitting outside with my daughter. We were eating lunch and this girl was across from me and she kept like turning around and looking at us. And I'm like, oh, great. You know, she's probably thinking, oh, she has her kid out. She finally turned around and said, I'm so sorry to keep turning around, but your daughter is around my daughter's age and I just dropped her off at daycare for the first time. And so your daughter's making me miss her and want to like run and go grab her and get her back right now. And that opened up a conversation. So I was like, oh, yeah, I've been wanting to put her in daycare. Like, where's your daycare? Blah, 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 blah. And at the end of the conversation, she said, you know, if you end up going to this daycare, say hi. 
I said, I will do you one better. Here's my number. Let's get together. And we did. And we had playdates and we formed a community and it's situations like those. I'm so proud of her being able to say something, but it's also, we have to be able to be receptive to that as well. Extending invites is really important. Extending invites, if you don't have kids, extending invites to people that still have kids. You know, if you do have kids, extending invites for things that involve kids and things that don't and inviting new people and doing things and and just and constantly opening yourself up to creating connection find what you enjoy and become a part of it again the pandemic has kind of made this a little hard and it's a little harder depending on where you live in some cities you know there's some really cool like community kickball leagues and and things like that or meetup the app meetup hiking and going to a yoga studio and then trying to make friends in that yoga studio. That's a shared experience, you know, that kind of stuff. You know, I'm totally guilty of the fact that I will go and do things I enjoy and I'll focus on the the task at hand. You know, I'll go to a yoga class, go in, do my yoga and leave <laughs> and not talk to anybody. <laughs> and I know that sounds totally contrary to me, like loving community, but I also have to admit, I'm always afraid of like infringing on people's face. So My mother also keeps telling me that school will be a big place. I find mom friends. Her best mom friends were made from moms that she met whenever I was in kindergarten. Um, And she, to this day, like she literally was talking to one the other day and I'm almost 30. So for 25 years, she's had these same friends. Going through a shared experience is truly what build strong bonds and motherhood is a freaking experience. I do find solace in the fact that yes, right now I may feel like I lack community, but soon I will be exposed to more people going through the same life experiences as I am at the moment. And then I think above all, how we form community is to foster the kind of light and kindness that you want in your life. My father, an amazing man, love my daddy, told me when I was dating that I could not expect an exceptional man if I was not an exceptional woman. And I believe this applies to all relationships. We cannot expect an amazing friend if we ourselves are not an amazing friend. So I often remind myself like, okay, like go out and be smiley and talk to people. And like, if you're going to go into freaking yoga and you're not going to talk to anyone, well, no one's going to talk to you, girl. I'm hoping that I'm putting the kind of energy out there that I want to come back to me. One of my biggest things, one of my biggest goals is to foster community because I really feel people, women, men, mothers, parents, everybody in America, especially after the last couple of years, is feeling this acute void of community. It's not the easiest thing to do to put yourself out there. It's kind of terrifying to start friendships. It's also a lot of energy. You have to be quote unquote on a lot before you can reach the level of comfort where you can just relax and be yourself around someone. And so it does take a lot of effort, but it's obviously worth it because like I was talking about with the centurion studies and the telomeres and the social support, community and quality relationships literally alter the fabric of our physical being. And if it alters the fabric of our physical being, then it absolutely alters the fabric of our souls and our happiness and our hearts. So go out today, 
put out some love and kindness in the world. Snuggle your favorite person and just know that you are not alone, that we might not even know each other, but I'm here. I'm probably going through the same crap you're going through and we can all get through this together. Thank you so much for listening. It's truly been a pleasure being a part of your day. If you liked today's episode and want to stick around, hit that subscribe button. We would love to have you join us for each episode. You can check out detailed show notes on my website, supportedparenthoodrn.com, or find me on Instagram at supportedparenthoodrn.com.